is up, everybody? Welcome back to First Down Rundown, where we give you a holistic view of the world of sports. Whether you're a casual fan or an avid fan, this is the place for you. We're your two hosts. I'm Hayden Vozar. He's Matt Vozar. Today is Tuesday, January 10th. It's been a little bit since we posted an episode. I think the last time we posted was December 28th. And yes, my voice just cracked. So have a laugh at that. But today we're back with a review of the college football championship game. And we're going to have another topic following that, but it almost has to do with that as well. Uh, we got some NFL to talk about. We've got the whole regular season wrapped up by now, which is which is pretty crazy to think about. Pretty sad, but playoff football is always good. So we're going to be going over our uh, playoff brackets. And then for the NBA, we're going to be talking about a little bit of a problem with, um, with, with our season so far. We're about halfway through the season, so we have to talk about our halfway checkpoint. And we're going to be talking about it in a little bit of a, a little bit of a Madden Hayden way, as as we like to call it. And then we might do a ESPN notification nonsense t- uh, topic at the end, but we don't really we don't really know if we're going to have time for that because we do have kind of a packed episode. Otherwise, we got a lot to talk about because we haven't been here in almost two weeks. I think it's I think it's just under two weeks. So that's going to be that. I've got Matt on the other end here. How are you? Yeah, it has been a little bit. Um, I think that obviously, right, the holiday season and everything, and then the NFL regular season ending, playoffs, all this stuff, college football playoff, everything kind of happened all at once. Um, we've been pretty busy. Obviously, Hayden's been home from college, and I've been kind of traveling back and forth for work. So, you know, it's it's harder to stick to that kind of two per week schedule um, that we that we were doing last year, and and realistically too. I was living in a different city altogether, and I kind of had my own apartment and didn't really do much. This time around, I am now married and living with uh, my wife, and but then we're with our families half the time, too. So it's there's so much back and forth that it's really tough to kind of get one thing all together. But good news is that on the horizon, uh, we do kind of have we have a place that we're going to be moved to, and it's going to be here and, and close to everything. So um, around April time, I know that's still about three months away from now, uh, we will have everything settled and kind of get into a good regular schedule again of doing two episodes per week. Um, obviously, by that point, football will be over, and that's kind of, you know, obviously the main uh, concern for, for at least the fall and, and kind of into the beginning of the winter season here. But, you know, around obviously March Madness time, we'll be, we'll be super exciting as well and kind of the end of the college basketball season um so yeah so just as a, as a scheduling note that's just kind of what's been happening and what we we plan for uh in the in the near future here as well yeah that's exactly right and i'm going back to college well classes start next week and so i think i'm going to go back this weekend so being in charlottesville kind of helps me a little bit with this podcast obviously sometimes it's hard it's hard to get an episode out on the weekend days because i'm doing stuff with my friends on like thursday friday ish and so those days it's a little bit hard to plan for the podcast but i kind of have more of a schedule on especially on like mondays and tuesdays when i'm at school because all i'm doing is just homework and school and working for the football team so like i have more of a schedule and i kind of set up my days so that I can make room for the podcast when we plan to do it early in the week. But again, those later episodes later in the week, they're kind of tough to get in. So Matt's right. It might be kind of April, April time when we get back to our two episode per week schedule, but you never know. I mean, we're, we're definitely going to have weeks when we have two episodes per week and then we're going to have weeks like we have had recently where we only have one episode per week or, or maybe we skip a week or whatever. So I don't really foresee us skipping weeks or, any weeks at all, um, you know, I, I, we should get one out per week until April, but, but we'll see about that. But yeah, that's kind of just a little, 
little look ahead into the, the coming months. But let's look at right now with the college football playoff championship that just happened. Let's get into college football. So obviously the Georgia Bulldogs blew out the TCU Horn Frogs last night, and it was it, it wasn't even close. It was sixty five to seven. Everybody was thinking, well, okay, first of all, the spread coming into this game was I think thirteen or thirteen and a half or something like that, which was I believe the highest ever point spread coming into a national championship game in the history of college football, which makes sense because you've got technically the two best teams in all of college football going up against each other and there's no way that the game should be decided by more than a touchdown in most people's minds but the spread coming in was 13 points I went on another podcast I went on Totem Pole Sports Podcast if you guys know what that is he's on YouTube he's got like 20k subscribers a little shout out there but yeah I went on Totem Pole Sports earlier I guess yeah earlier this week last week and I basically said, like, this 13-point spread is way too much. I thought that TCU was going to come in. I thought they were going to play their game, which they did not at all. I, I think they tried to change their game plan way too much for Georgia. I'll get into that kind of here in a second, and I'll let Matt talk. But, yeah, essentially, like, I, I thought that this line was way too much. I thought TCU was going to make it a close game. I was kind of seeing Georgia winning by a touchdown. Like, I could I could have seen that happen happening before the game but obviously it ended up being out of reach pretty much by like midway through the second quarter which sucked to see but it's just like if you get down by that much against a Georgia team that has such a good defense and has such good discipline and Kirby Smart as a head coach who's just all about consistency and running up the score no matter what which he did last night it you can't you just can't really come back from that so one thing that I think the TCU defense did really really poorly was I think they were way too aggressive. They were overly aggressive. I think they were trying to kind of match Georgia's energy because we know that, and before the game, Kirby Smart literally said to, I don't know, uh, I forget her name, but it's like one of the on-field reporters. He literally said, like, she asked him, what's the game plan for today? And he said aggression. And that's all, that's the one word answer he gave. He didn't say anything else. So obviously we know that Kirby Smart's game plan coming into this game was aggression. I think that TCU was trying to match that. And I think that they knew that they were going to, try to do that because that's what Jordan does best is when, you know, when they play aggressive, when they play fast, they play at their best and they've got the best athletes in the country. But TCU, they don't really have the best athletes in the country. They weren't known for their athletes coming into the season unranked. So why were they trying to play like Georgia? I don't know. I, teams do this all the time in championship games where they come into a championship game and they think that they can play, they, 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 that they can surprise the other team with a play style that the other team isn't used to seeing from them, but then it just falls apart. Like it just does not go in their favor at all. I think TCU, if they went with their game plan of just kind of playing, like playing defense as much as they could and then getting their offense in rhythm, that would have been a better game plan. Of course, you can also make the argument that like the crowd and the, just the nerves at the beginning of the game forced TCU to make a lot of offensive mistakes on their first drive. And so after that drive, you can make the argument that like the defense basically was playing from behind the whole game. They knew that the Georgia offense was going to score a lot. So they knew that they needed to make a lot of stops early. So maybe that's why they were playing so aggressive, but they were, they were like almost over compensating on run plays to the outside. Like you could see if they were, if Georgia was running to the outside or 
or did some kind of like end around motion or whatever, TCU would overcompensate and they would just like send, they would send like two or three guys just bolting to the side or to the sideline where the guy was going. And then there would always be like a cutback, a cutback lane for um, McIntosh, the running back or whoever was, was coming around for the end around um, on Georgia. Like Brock Bowers, a lot of times had just like wide open space on out routes and stuff like that. So I think between this, like between the sidelines, TCU was just a little bit confused they they didn't know like they they were just kind of overshooting every gap they were overshooting every read on defense and i think that's kind of what gave up those touchdowns and that that consistency that the georgia offense was able to have in the beginning of the game and then obviously second half it was just it was just out of reach at that point so that's my take on on this whole game i don't know what matt has to say about it he's he's probably going to come at it from a different approach but just Technically, like I watched most of this game, that's what I saw in this game, and and that's why TCU was not able to get it done. Well, yeah, I mean, you went over, I think, kind of most of what what I wanted to encapsulate there, but it's basically the fact that Georgia's the better team, right? We 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 saw that, and 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 that's fine, right? And I think that I think the well, I'm going to get to kind of the, the the general perspective of the larger picture coming out of this game and the storylines and narratives associated with that. I'm going to do that a little bit later, just to put things in perspective for you know stats wise. Um, Georgia outgained TCU 589 to 100, or 588 I think to 189. So they had 400 more total yards of offense. Um, they obviously essentially need, they didn't even have to play the second half. Uh, this was decided all in the first half uh, to begin with. Remember when this game was 10 to 7? Anybody remember that? Because I remember that. And it was because the only time that TCU was able to score was because they got a big blown coverage in the secondary on their second drive. And Georgia was up 10 nothing at the time, right? And then you have TCU make this big play down the field. It was a 61-yard pass play. And they really, you know, they ran it in from there. But they had essentially eight yards to go. And then, and then uh, obviously, Max Duggan ran in that touchdown. So you see a lot of what was able to be done against the Georgia defense by Ohio State in the previous game. And again, I'm going to have more on that later. But, but the rest of the game, no matter who was out there, no matter what play they ran, TCU didn't have a chance, right? And so we see this game go from, you know, looking like a blowout. Okay, it's 10 nothing already. Oh, TCU scores, it's 10-7. to And then Georgia scores 55 straight points after that. And and, and we see, we gave, began to see, obviously, in the rest of the second half, that, that really this was not a, a comparable matchup uh, for, for a national title game. Now, again... I'm a guy who always roots for the underdogs, and I'm happy that TCU was here, and a lot of people are going to be saying that TCU didn't deserve to be here, or that we should have had other teams make the playoff instead of TCU. And again, I'm going to tackle that argument in, uh, in, in just a little bit. But first, I want to say, and, and hopefully this too, I mean, you know, obviously I explained the yards, beat, you know, that Georgia was outgaining TCU by however much in, you know, the yards category. This was the biggest, di- well, I guess, biggest blowout in all, not only national championship history, but also bowl game history. If you, I mean, if you even consider this a bowl game, technically it is. It's the, well, I don't know. I mean, it's the national championship game, but it's also a bowl game because it's the last game of the, you know, last game of the college football season. Think about that, though. There have been 40-something bowl games for each of the last probably 15 years. And then even before that, there were, you know, there were multiple bowl, you know, probably 20-ish bowl games for the last, like, you know, 10, 15 years before that. So think about the magnitude of this, okay? For for 40 bowl games for the last 20 years, that's 
almost 800 games, right? And and probably even more. So let's just say you have 1,000 games. 1,000 bowl games have been played. And again, we also have to recognize that in the past two years is really when this whole opt-out, you know, transfer portal thing has even started. Because before this, teams played their bowl games as hard or if not harder than really any other game on their schedule. It was like the most important thing to win your bowl game. And so we had so many instances of teams that were going up against each other maybe have been outmatched or whatever it may be, but a thousand game sample set. And this is the biggest blowout blowout that we've ever seen. And it's in a national championship game after both teams have beaten other top, you know, top four teams in order to even advance to this game in the first place. Okay. And so that's like, that's the magnitude of what we're talking about here in, 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 you know, in perspective of what Georgia has been able to do and, and the team that they had coming into this game. So what's the what's kind of the larger picture here? And, and really, it's what most people are saying. Um, I guess I don't know. I want I want to say like you know SEC touts and people who love the you know okay just because one team lost to this other team doesn't mean that they're one of the four four, four best teams or whatever it may be. Basically, a lot of what I'm hearing is that Alabama should not have or should have made it into the playoff instead of TCU, right? Or you know Tennessee based on their had the season that they had obviously Hendon Hooker went down with an injury and he wouldn't have been able to play in any of these games but Tennessee deserves a spot over you know Ohio State because Ohio State didn't even play for their conference championship they shouldn't have been in the college football playoff okay we have to realize something at the end of the day anybody can beat anybody and so when you have a game like this yes the better team was Georgia yes they won the game and yes they won the game convincingly and technically the most convincing bowl game in the history of the world okay so and we're probably never going to see anything like this ever again and so to put that in perspective you're like wow this is really unmatched and so for the people who say Alabama should have been should have been in the playoff this helps their argument well okay but really does it though because we got to think again the transit of property even though we all learned that in like sixth grade in algebra one it can be used in football as well, okay? So who did TCU beat? Well, TCU beat Michigan. And who did Michigan beat to get into, you know, solidify themselves as the number two ranked team in the country here and, and have an undefeated season? Well, Michigan went to Ohio State and while losing at halftime, outscored Ohio State by, I think, 30 points in the second half and won that game by 20, solidified their their uh spot in the Big Ten Championship, won the Big Ten, and are now the second best team overall, no holds barred or anything like that. So TCU beats Michigan, Michigan beat, well, yeah, Michigan beat Ohio State, as I just said, and then Ohio State realistically should have beaten Georgia if not for, you know, a crazy, crazy, you know, uh, Brock Bowers play at the end of that game. They scored a touchdown at the late, and Ohio State actually did have a chance to win it too on a 49 or 47-yard field goal at the end there, okay? So, That being said, TCU beat Michigan, Michigan beat Ohio State, and Ohio State really essentially should have beaten Georgia. You know, obviously that's a lot of, you know, kind of paths and and teams to go through, but like that's the type of thing that really anything can happen on any given day. And this is something that if we had recorded a podcast last week, I would have said even before the championship matchup, which is Ohio State and Georgia, that game, the semifinal game, that was a national championship, okay? Those were the two best teams in college football, especially when you're talking about you're putting two teams in a dome and you're letting them go at it. Ohio State-Georgia was the national championship. And so I would have called that if we had obviously recorded a podcast and we didn't record a podcast, so I kind of got that thrown back in my face. But that was the national championship, and it really delivered, right? I mean, it was a 42-41 to game that Ohio State had a chance to win on a last-second field goal. Ohio State was winning most of the game uh, to begin with, and Georgia still found a way to win it overall. So that's kind of what we're dealing with here is like, how are we going to choose, 
you know, the four teams that make the college football playoff. And, and that's obviously where we lead to the expansion part of this. A lot of people I also heard say, well, do away with the college football playoff and just have it go back to the BCS national championship. Because if you remember before the college football playoff, we had the BCS championship and it was essentially just the two best teams. After you play your regular season, after you play your conference championships, the two best teams are matched up in the, in the, in the um, championship and they play the championship game. Well, in this case, what would he have, what would we have had? We would have had Georgia versus Michigan because both those were the only undefeated teams coming out of the regular season and the conference championships, right? And those are the two best teams all year long. And so you think, okay, well, yeah, that would have been the national championship. If Georgia did this to TCU 65-7 to and TCU beat Michigan in a game that Michigan did not lead for a single second of that game, okay? So as, much, as bad as TCU looked on Monday night, we have to give credit for TCU to TCU for all that they did against Michigan. Michigan didn't lead a game against TCU. And if we're going to say that we want the two best teams to play in the college football championship, it would have been Georgia and it would have been Michigan. And who knows what the heck would have happened in that game, okay? It probably would have been a little bit closer, right? Or maybe, maybe not. We have no clue. Because guess what happened last year? Georgia and Michigan played. They played in a national semifinal game. And guess what happened? Georgia won by 25 points. Okay? So, like, this whole argument of, oh, well, these other teams need to be in. And, and, and you know, Alabama needs to be in over TCU. Well, TCU beat the other the second best team the clearly second best team the only other undefeated team in the country was Michigan TCU won that game and did not and we're not losing for a single second of playtime in that game okay and then obviously right we have here okay well let's go back to the you know the, the system that it was before we have two teams play Georgia Michigan what would have happened Georgia would have crushed Michigan by that much so that just goes to show how good this this Georgia team is okay and that's kind of what I, I want to at least hope to put in perspective here for you is that if Alabama was in the playoff, okay, whatever, right? They may have beaten Michigan, and then Georgia beats Ohio State, and Georgia plays Alabama in the championship. Guess what we had last year? We had Georgia-Alabama in the championship. Guess what we had four years ago? We had Georgia-Alabama in the championship. It went to double overtime. It was a great game, right? And Alabama won, and, and Tua threw it to Devontae Smith. So, like, that's fine. But that's what we have facing us here is the fact that, like, even if you want Alabama in the championship, Alabama, guess who they beat in the bowl game? They beat Kansas State. And K-State, guess who they beat? Uh, in the Big 12 championship, they beat TCU. And guess who they probably would have beaten in the regular season if their both their quarterbacks didn't get hurt in the first half? They be, would have beaten TCU in the, in, the, in the regular season. They beat them in the conference championship, and then they go up against Alabama, and they lose by 35 points, right? So you're like, oh, well, yeah, Alabama's way better than that. But it's like, okay, if, if you know, if, if, T, if Kansas State is able to beat a team in TCU that then gets crushed by Alabama, you know, what would happen if TCU played Alabama? We clearly don't know. And I think that's why, at the end of the day, we're never going to be able to decide a, a a true system for determining a true champion but at least the 12 team playoff gets more teams in to have a better chance of winning and here's what i'm going to end on okay is that i i again i love college football a lot more than most people i know more about college football than probably 90 percent of the planet okay and if i am going through all of this in my head and being able to decipher what everything means and i just essentially come to the argument of we really will never know so let the teams just play the games i think that speaks for itself right and so this college football playoff you know having having 12 teams in there now there's going to be more upsets there's going to be more chances for you know smaller guys to win and the argument against that is well they shouldn't be able to have the chance to win why not because we saw exactly what tcu did this entire season they were never supposed to win 
any of the games that they well i mean they were like seven and one in one score game so fine okay you get a bit a little bit lucky there they weren't supposed to win the big 12 well they didn't win the big 12 they went 12 and 0 in the regular season they weren't supposed to go 12 and 0 in the regular season they weren't supposed to beat michigan they beat michigan right and so it's like all of this stuff can happen when you have expanded playoffs and so why not let more teams in and so this is my closing argument and i know that you can't necessarily compare the fcs to the fbs but the fcs ranks is essentially a uh, it's a division one double a okay so it's not division two but it's kind of like the second rank uh or, or the second league league within division one of college football but it's not it's not the same so it's you know the fcs is 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 very much separate from the fbs and you know what the fcs does to determine their champion they have a 32 team playoff essentially march madness right just kind of minus one of the rounds and you know who has won 10 of the last 12 fcs championships it's north dakota state you've probably heard it because that's how they come up all the time is they're not playing fbs teams they're playing in the fcs and they're playing fcs championships but they've had plenty of nfl players come out of there right and so that they still clearly have a great talent but it's like at the end of the day if the teams that are the most talented are the most talented they're going to win the championship i think the fcs playoffs really shows us that if we can have 11 well 12 years of a a 32 team playoff and the same team wins 10 out of the 12 years clearly that means that the the cream will still rise to the crop and the best teams are going to win the championships so i think that no matter what we do if we go with two teams and for the you know to decide the championship game which it was in the bcs era if we go to four teams which it is now if we go to 12 teams the, the best teams are still going to win, and the teams that play really well and deserve their shot to win the championship, like a TCU this year, are still going to get their shot to win. So I know that that was a little long-winded, and I hope that I kind of made sense with, with how all this is, is, is coming to be in college football. But basically, I would just want to you know lay the argument out there for the, so that the people who say that Alabama should have made, made the college football playoff this year, okay, cool. But look what TCU did and nobody thought they would have done that. And Alabama lost the game that they lost in the regular season, which TCU did not do. And look where we were at. TCU beat Michigan and Michigan. If, if we didn't have a college football playoff system, we just had the BCS Michigan would have been, Oh my gosh, it's Georgia, Michigan. That's the only two teams that should have been in here. We're going to go back to the two team system because that's better. It probably wouldn't have been because Michigan would have be gotten beat could have possibly could have gotten beat just as badly as TCU in this game. And TCU beat Michigan. Michigan didn't leave that game for a second. So, all of that being said, hopefully I made some sense in here that anything can happen. We got to root for the under, under, underdogs and we got to give them a chance to win because sometimes that'll happen. But at the end of the day, the best teams will win the championships. And that's exactly what happened this year and last year. But you know, specifically this year after such an emphatic win by the Georgia Bulldogs. Okay, some other storylines coming out of this game are Stetson Bennett and his future possibly in the NFL and then... George's future just as an organization and then obviously Kirby Smart kind of becoming one of the big dogs well he he has been one of the big dogs in terms of coaching in college football but he's been with Georgia for a while now and he's just starting to win and it took him a few years to get there but he's there now and so recruits are going to be just piling in and at the feet of Kirby Smart at this point because he's won two championships in a row a lot of people are, are trying to say like okay well you know is is Kirby Smart going to be the next Nick Saban is he going to is he going to have such a dynasty like Nick Saban has had at Alabama and i'm going to sit here and i'm going to say that with what we've been seeing from Georgia probably and i'm not i'm not saying that he's going to have a better legacy than Nick Saban because Nick Saban has quite the legacy in in college football coaching but what i will say is is Georgia well basically is is Georgia going to go away I don't think so, but like Matt said, if there if there are changes made in the future, which we have a lot of changes 
at our fingertips right now. If there are a lot of changes made in the future to the playoff format or how many teams are in, obviously there's there's already the decision to make uh, the the 12-team playoff. So is that going to affect it? I don't know. Like probably not really, but nobody nobody really can say, right? If you if you ask that if Georgia was having this kind of success ten years ago, like Nick Saban was, or yeah, like Nick Saban was, would you be saying the same thing about Kirby Smart? You'd probably be saying, okay, yeah, for sure, Kirby Smart's going to have this kind of success for the next ten years, which Nick Saban has, right? Nick Saban's fallen off a little bit over the past couple of years, but that's really only because Georgia has risen. So. From here on out, I think we can see we, you. Somebody can make the argument that Kirby Smart is going to have this kind of dynasty for the next ten years, whatever. But at the same time, like Matt was saying, there's so, there's so many changes that can happen. A 32 team bracket playoff, whatever, um, for the championship. If that comes into effect within the next ten years, which I wouldn't put it past the NCAA to do that, because if they're already making so many changes anywhere, they're already expanding expanding it to 12. If that doesn't work, people are probably going to be calling for more teams. It's going to be crazy. So I think that we need to kind of slow the brakes on making a, a, a complete decision right now on whether Kirby Smart has a dynasty on his hands or not because there's so many changes coming up. But again, is he going to have immediate success with, with recruits and just overall play? Yeah, he is. Um, but 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 I think it's it's a little bit too early to be saying like, okay, well, he's got a he's got an all-time dynasty on his hands right now. But that's the first thing. And then the second thing I want to talk about was Stetson Bennett and his future in the NFL. Basically, before this game, everybody doubted Stetson Bennett. So last year, Georgia won the championship, right? Basically, coming into that game, I don't know if you guys remember this, but coming into that game, Georgia's philosophy was essentially, and I, I think Kirk Herbstreit uh, said it last night, or Chris Fowler, one of the guys said it last night. Essentially, before this season, or before like even halfway through this season, the philosophy of Georgia was if Stetson Bennett has a bad first half, we're benching him, right? Because Stetson Bennett was a walk-on guy. Crazy story. I'm sure all of you have heard it. If you if you watched the game last night, they mentioned it 8,000 times. So if you watched the game last night, you've definitely heard of it. But in case you haven't, short story, he comes to Georgia. He's a walk-on. Always He's always dreamed of playing at Georgia, playing football at Georgia. He's undersized. He's not the most athletic guy at the beginning of his career. So then he... he downgrades to Juco. He goes to Juco, develops there for a little bit, comes back to Georgia after a year on scholarship, and essentially has been playing the past two, maybe three years on scholarship for Georgia. And for the past two years, he's been the he's been named the starter, right? But until about halfway through this season, I mean, I would say maybe this whole season he's, he's been a bona fide starter. But definitely last year, even in last year's championship game, Analysts were coming into that game, into last year's championship game, saying if Stetson Bennett has a bad first half, they're going to bench him, and we're going to see who, what what was it, like JT Daniels was their backup last year, I think, who was a five-star recruit, right? So everybody's been doubting this guy his whole entire career, and he keeps on proving people wrong. He threw for 300 yards, and six he had six total touchdowns last night. So he proves he can get it done on, on, on the ground. He's a lot quicker than you think he is. Does he have a, a future in the NFL? I'm going to... For a short answer right now, I think yes. I don't do I think he's gonna be anything more than a backup? Probably not, because we I mean how many how many quarterbacks have we seen that are five eleven or below that actually that are actually good? That that aren't like absolute studs, right? We've seen Drew Brees um in in recent past. We've seen Russell Wilson in, in recent past. Kyler Murray has Kyler Murray's like one of the most 
just for his size, he's one of the most athletic freaks on this planet. So I wouldn't even really consider I mean Kyler Murray's yeah, he's small, but like he's also not even really doing that well recently, so I can't even really put him in that category. But Russell Wilson and Drew Brees are really the only two quarterbacks that we've seen that are five eleven or below and actually have really, really good success in the NFL. So is he going to be a backup quarterback? I think at least he's going to be a backup in the NFL. He's going to get drafted, um, but I, I don't know if he's going to be a starter. Can I? Do I think he can develop into a starter somewhere? Yeah, probably, but he needs a really good offensive line like he's had at Georgia, and he needs some weapons around him like he's had at Georgia his whole career. Like That's, that, uh, that's essentially what we have to basically set his baseline at. So that's what I'm going to say about that. I don't know if Matt wants to talk about Stetson Bennett or, or Georgia's future here. Do, do you want to talk about it, Matt? I mean, yeah, I think you, you really covered everything. I think that, yeah, I mean, you're right. And, and, and the comparison to all the kind of the current NFL stars and how the, what they've been able to do with the size, disadvantage, and all that, um, he doesn't have raw talent. I think that's kind of what it comes down to. He's very successful in an offense that can run with kind of anybody, um, and, and, he, and he learned a lot, and he really got – I mean, he got a lot better, right? Think about when he first started. I think it was like – I was still in college probably three, three and a half years ago. Um, I was watching him in a Florida game, and it's like, who is this guy? And why is he even playing for Georgia? And it looked like Georgia was going downhill and all this. And now here he is, right? Two-time national championship. I, I think he's going to go to the NFL. I don't know if he'll be drafted. He'll probably be signed. And I think he'll be a backup, right? He'll be a serviceable backup. He won't be a starter for an NFL team and, and lead anybody to championships like Russell Wilson has done. Because Russell Wilson has raw talent, and he has plenty of it, okay? And, and obviously, he didn't know, it didn't show this year, but um, – you know, it is what it is. So I think that, you know, Hayden's, Hayden's kind of spot on with his with assessment of Setson Bennett, who, again, really, you know, like, he, he worked hard. He got better, and he got himself to this place. There was no shot that he would have been able to even be considered as, you know, this a talking point like this, uh, you know, two even two years ago. So so obviously credit to him and, and all he's done with, uh, with, his, with, with, you know, with his current position. I just don't think that he'll be, you know, leading a team to the Super Bowl anytime soon. All right, let's move into the NFL now. So the playoffs are set, and what does this mean? We can finally look back on our preseason or our before-the-season win totals picks that we made. Um, that, that's going to come in handy in, in, in today's episode. And we can look back on those, just kind of give a, maybe just a general overview of how we did. Um, I'm going to give specifics because I have the doc pulled up in front of me from whatever August it was that I did these. So... I'm just going to go over some stats on mine. I had 15 total that I got right. So, again, this is win total, so we're going over and under here. So, I had 15 over-unders that I got right, which is just under half of the league, which I think is pretty good. But that also goes to show you that win totals seem very easy to pick before the season, and you want to bet on them because you think that you know a lot, but at the same time, you don't really know a lot. And this was probably one of the most surprising NFL seasons in terms of how many teams we saw that were supposed to be good or that everybody thought were going to be good that did absolutely terribly and then teams that we thought were going to do absolutely terribly that did really really well aka the Seahawks right so I had the see like like just for reference I had the Seahawks at 2 and 15 I predicted them to go 2 and 15 they went 9 and 8 so that's just kind of a, a little example of, of how this NFL season um, got summed up. But there's another thing that I want to do because I, I also did take the time to go through. I don't know if you guys remember this. If you guys listened to our win totals episode before the season started, shout out to you. But if you haven't listened to that episode, I actually went through each schedule before 
those two episodes because we split it up into NFC and AFC episodes. I went through every game for every single team and I picked out who were they going to who they were going to beat, who were they going who they were going to lose to. So I had a record for them for each team in the NFL and I am pretty proud to say that eight of the team eight of the 32 teams, which is only a fourth of them, but Eight of the thirty-two teams, I either got smack on or within an, or within one game of their actual record. So those teams, and actually most of them, them are in the AFC. I think I only have one in the NFC that I got within one of their of their actual record, and that was the Bears at four and thirteen. The Bears went. What did they go? It was yeah, three and fourteen. So, but then the whole rest of the NFC. I was either two or more games um, out of out of reach of their actual record, which really sucks in my opinion but moving on to the AFC the Bills and the Dolphins in the AFC East the Dolphins I got exactly right at nine and eight and I and that was a push so that was actually one of the rare pushes that I had throughout the whole NFL win total prediction column whatever but I actually got that push right I, I had them at nine and eight and they went nine and eight so that was pretty cool the Bills and the Bengals I also got within one um, the Bills went 13 and three I had them at 13 and four so and they didn't play that last game against the against the Bengals. So, also with the Bengals, I had the Bengals going eleven and six, and I think they went what twelve and four or something like that. So I had them within one win of of what their actual record was. So I'm counting that as kind of a, a win in that column. And then the Ravens, Browns, and Steelers. So the whole AFC North, I got within one win of their actual record. The Steelers, I got exactly right at nine and eight, which I was pretty proud of. Ravens, I had at nine and eight. And the Browns, I had it eight and nine. Browns went seven and ten, and then the Ravens went uh, ten and seven. So I was pretty close on those. And then in the AFC South, I had the Titans at eight and nine. I think they went eight eight and one. So I pretty much hit that on the head. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of did well, but also not really. It also just goes to show how confident I was before this season with these picks. And now I'm learning that maybe my football knowledge isn't what I thought it was. But I that also is to say that no, I guarantee you nobody else predicted more than like 10 records right within one game. I don't know. I, I saw one guy on TikTok that I think I had 11 that he got right within one game. But I don't know. That's that's kind of hard, hard to predict. And then if you if you predicted the Jaguars, the Giants or the Seahawks in the playoffs, you're a genius. I, I have no idea how you did that. Nobody was expecting that. So there are three playoff teams that, that got to the playoffs that nobody expected. So that's just a little bit of a, of a general start to this topic. Yeah, I think, I mean, I, I don't have everything laid out in the analysis that Hayden does. So, so props to him for kind of following up on that. Um, I do remember, I mean, essentially the team that I was the lowest on coming into the season was the bears. Uh, I, think I said they were going to go through three and 14. I don't know exactly, but I definitely know that I said that they had potential to be the worst team in the league. And they were um, evidenced by the fact that because of a tie and a fourth and 20 uh, conversion by the Texans and against that, against the Colts on, on Sunday, uh, the bears got the worst, had the worst record because of a tie and they are going to have the number one pick in the draft. So I was kind of proud of myself for kind of realizing that obviously, I mean, you know, they weren't supposed to be great, but I think their season win total was like six and a half or something. And I was like, hammer the under, um, they have the potential to be the worst team in the league and they have pieces okay you know you I mean you have Dustin Fields on offense and he really proved to be to be great but I think that the, the funniest thing is that I think they were three and four at one point and then 
I was like, oh man, are they actually going to be able to do something? They lost ten straight. <laughs> so, uh, and and the crazy part too is, ever since Justin Fields actually be like started to be good, and you know rushed for all those yards and whatever um they lost every single one of those games so i think that you know obviously they're, they're gonna have a chance to rebuild here and obviously they have the number one draft pick so they can do kind of whatever they want to do with that uh the team that i was the highest on kind of flipping over to the other side of that was the ravens and i just man like the fact that they i so okay so they went 10 and 7 right i think in five of their seven losses they had they were winning that game by double digits at some point in the game and that was as recent as the sunday night game against the steelers they were up 13 to 3 and they lose the game 16 to 13 um the giants i know they were winning by 10 points in the fourth quarter they end up losing that game the dolphins in like week 3 i think remember they were up at halftime they were up by i think 35 to 10 or something like that they lose that game so realistically i mean you know in an alternate universe where the, the ravens just hang on to some of these wins I mean, they could have easily been 15-2, and two, number one seed in the AFC by far, and everybody is, like, scared of them going into the playoffs because they know that, the, you know, obviously Lamar and that defense and, and everything going on there. And so now, obviously, we kind of look back, and that's really not the case with the Ravens, but I will say that I want to at least, you know, I want to at least mention that I, I think I could have, if things went a little bit differently, even just a couple of those, you know, 10-point blown leads and, and the Ravens are, are, are vying for the first place, their first seed in the AFC. So, um that was at least I was at least kind of right on both the teams that I that I was lowest on and highest on. I said you know bet the under six and a half on the on the uh, on the Bears and I bet the over and a half, over nine and a half on the Ravens, which only you know won by half a game, but easily could have been more there. Other teams that I think I you know I, I kind of was 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 right in assuming on or, or right on. Um, I, I you know I, I was high on the Chiefs and I think that that was kind of the big narrative going into the season is people who you know fun followed it and whatever said oh you know he loses Tyreek Hill you know what's what's going to happen? Well nothing happened because guess who led the league in passing yards and passing touchdowns? It was Patrick Mahomes. So that's the that's that's the real thing here is that the Chiefs weren't good because of Tyreek Hill. They were good because of Patrick Mahomes, which now we can see is he's probably going to win the MVP. And I think I might have said that. I want to go back and, and, and listen. I might not have gone that far with it, but I think that I was kind of in the camp that, like, they have the guy that they need, and they've already locked him up to a 10-year, $500 million contract, so they're going to be okay. And as long as you have Andy Reid running that offense, that's you know that's going to be okay as well. So um, I was high on the Chiefs, and, and rightly so, and I think that you know they have the number one seed for the third, I think, third straight year. Um, and, and you know it's kind of going to – he's never played a road playoff game. Like, what? what? <laughs> Patrick Holmes. And it's funny because the AFC Championship is going to be a neutral site, and so it won't even be a road game still. It'll be you know a neutral site location. Other stats, I think he's – Big Cat was talking about on, on Pardon My Take. If you listen to the past epi- the, the episode from Monday, I think he's he's fifteen and zero. I think in his last fifteen games against uh, AFC West teams, um, they haven't lost an, an in division game in I think three years now. Um, he's I think. I don't want to pull out the number. I think 20, no, I think he's 27 and three in his career against his division, um, which is ridiculous. And I think he's 15 and 0 in his last 15 road games against divisional opponents. Um, so Patrick Mahomes is obviously a beast and, and the chiefs are not going to be make, not making the playoffs anytime, anytime soon. Another team that I think I was pretty, pretty spot on with was the Cardinals. Um, probably a forgotten team by most people's uh, accounts, especially, well, not especially, but made news yesterday for firing Cliff Kingsbury, but that was long overdue. Obviously I think their season win total was nine, eight and a half, nine and a half, something like that. Uh, they finished four and 13. So probably one of the, one of the craziest or, or I guess, you know, steepest declines uh, or, or at least variances across the NFL in terms of a win total this year. And I, I said it, I was like, this just doesn't seem right. You know, they started, I think they started nine and oh uh, last year in the 2021 season. And everybody was saying, Oh my gosh, this is crazy. You know, they, they finished the season not too well and they get blown out by the Rams in the first round of the 
playoffs last year. And then you're thinking, well, going into this year, what can they do better? Really, they can only get worse, right? And you had DeAndre Hopkins miss the first six games of the season. Kyler Murray looked okay. Then he got hurt. Then he came back. Then he blew out his ACL. And, you know, who who knows how long he's going to be out uh, into, into next year, probably half of next year, right? So even with all that happening, you know, they, they just weren't a good team and they finished 4-13. and 13, So... I think I was, you know, I was pretty, pretty good on that one too. In terms of places where I wasn't so good, I will name three teams right off the bat and they're going to be all kind of, kind of look, well, some of them look all right. But so the Jets, the Jaguars and the Lions, I all had is like, these are perennially losing franchises. Do not bet the over on their win total. I think, well, they all went over um, the Jets, at least at the, at the back half of the season, kind of shaped more into just looking form when, uh, you know, when, when their defense stopped performing too well. And, and Mike White kind of was, was unservice, unserviceable uh, at that point. But the Lions, obviously, I mean, not, none of the teams, I mean, the Lions and the Jets didn't make the playoffs, but Lions, you know, were right there. You know, if, if the Rams almost beat the Seahawks in the last game, if the Rams have beaten the Seahawks in overtime and, you know, Baker Mayfield doesn't throw that last second pick, then the Lions are in the playoffs right now, right? And obviously the Jags are in the playoffs, having won their division, uh, which I didn't expect. But now seeing Chris Peterson and how and all that he – no, what's his name? Peterson. Yeah, Doug Peterson and all that he's able to do with, you know, the, every team that he goes to basically, and he's kind of a quarterback whisperer. So, um Props to those, but those are the three that I kind of got wrong. Whereas I, I, I was right on, on on some of them, so I'm not obviously not as in depth as Hayden, but uh, we have more important things to attend to, which is our NFL playoff predictions. Uh, before we get to that, though, we're just going to do a quick topic on the quarterbacks. So we have obviously the two quarterbacks. Well, we're going to uh, quarterbacks are going to be the story of the of the playoffs, right? And so throughout the playoffs, it's only going to get even crazier. First, let's discuss two quarterbacks who won't be in the playoffs, though. That's Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson. Just I guess general, you know, discuss their future, you know, whatever, whatever we think. Um, so I'll let Hayden kind of take over here and then I'll, I'll follow up shortly after. Yeah. So everybody, after the Packers Lions game this past Sunday night, everybody was talking about Aaron Rodgers. Oh, is he going to retire? Right. And then after the game, you, I don't know if anybody saw the interview between Alan Lazard and well, a bunch of reporters, you know, how reporters go in the locker room they, interview the guy shirt while he's like shirtless, half changed out of his uniform. I never, have gotten why reporters do that. But I guess it's, if it's your job and if it's what you're getting paid for, then you do what you got to do. But essentially after the game, Alan Lazard in an interview, when asked about Aaron Rodgers' future in Green Bay, he used some pretty vulgar language, which I won't use. But he basically just said, he was like, yeah, I have no idea if Aaron Rodgers is going to be here. I sure know what my plans are and how am I supposed to know about somebody else or something like that. He was like, but he, he made it seem very, I don't know, he, he made it seem like he didn't like the idea of playing with Rodgers again. He made it seem like he didn't like the idea of Rodgers at all as a player, which was a little interesting there because Alan Lazard, I feel like, on any other team would most likely be at most a wide receiver three. But on the on the Packers right now, he's wide receiver two, arguably wide receiver one, you know, with Christian Watson kind of being up and down this season, more up towards the end of the season. He's probably more of the wide receiver one in the, in that offense now than Alan Lazard is. But yeah, it, it was, that was kind of interesting to see. But again, th- this topic is, is about Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson, which I'll get to in a little bit, but Aaron Rodgers, I think he's going to retire. I, I have this like weird feeling that he's just tired of so much media attention being on him all the time. So much pressure being on him. I think he knows that he's never going to play with Devonte again. Devont, I think Devonte. I don't even know where Devontae Adams' head is at, but with this whole Derek Carr thing, if he's going to go somewhere else with Derek Carr because he thinks that maybe Josh McDaniels wasn't the answer in Las Vegas. Like, I, I, don't know, I don't know where that whole situation is, but that's for another day to discuss. Aaron Rodgers, if you saw after the game, 
people were speculating that him deciding to keep his jersey from Jamison Williams when Jamison Williams asked to essentially have his jersey. He decided to keep it. He was like, I think I'm going to hold on to this one. Why else would he keep it or why, why else would he hold on to that jersey other than if it was going to be his last game? That makes a lot of sense in my mind. At first, when people were like, oh, my gosh, he's going to retire just because of that. I was thinking like, okay, yeah, let's not blow this out of proportion. But then I thought about it more and I was like, wait, yeah, that kind of makes sense. So we know we know he's at least considering retirement. And with all of the talks in the media about him retiring, he might just be like, okay, yeah, I'm going to do it. Because from this point out, like, let's be honest with ourselves: Is is Aaron Rodgers going to have any kind of playoff success success that he hasn't seemed to have been able to have for the past, like, four or five years, losing against the 49ers every year in the NFC Championship, he's not going to be able to beat them anymore with the team that he has with, you know, with with the foreseeable future. So I think no. I, I think that – I think Aaron Rodgers is, is pretty much done. Um, again, it's kind of sad to see him go out, to see such a great quarter – I mean, everybody has mixed feelings about Aaron Rodgers. Some people hate him. Some people love him. You can hate him as much, you can hate him as much as you want. You can hate on him as much as you want, but – he he's a four-time MVP. He has a Super Bowl under his belt. He's one of the greatest, one of the, probably the most talented quarterback of all time. And he might have just walked away from his last game in football. So pretty sad to see him go on during a regular season game and not even during a playoff game. But I think in in some ways that's kind of an easier route to go because again, you're kind of just left there with you're left there with no hope, right? If you lose in an NFC Championship game. You're left there with hope. You're you're left there say, saying, okay, well, can we do this again next season? Well, he wasn't able to do it again this season, so might as well just step away from the game altogether. Russell Wilson, on the other hand, I this guy, like, this guy, is, it, it's a weird situation. They just fired their head coach, Nathaniel Hackett, I think a couple weeks ago. So he's out. They look to be, like, I think Russell Wilson looked to be even a little bit better just in the game that they played without Nathaniel Hackett. Um, in this last game, he was making a couple plays where – he looked like the Seattle Russell Wilson that we've seen for the past six years ish, um, and so I don't know. Like, I, is Russell Wilson going to come back to, more to his form that we've that we expect from him? I think so, but he's also getting older. Like, I I don't know how old he is at this point, but I think he's in his thirties at this point. He looks pretty old. I mean, he, compared to when he entered the league, like he his face and his whole just stature, he just looks kind of old. So. I think that's kind of getting to him a little bit too. Um, but do I think he's going to be as bad as he was this year? No, because I think a lot of what was wrong with that offense was the offensive scheme. They did a lot of – I think they, they have a lot of the, like, the problems that the Steelers have where – and Matt Canada is, is the offensive coordinator of the Steelers, and essentially everybody hates Matt Canada because all he does is run the same three pass route – or um, yeah, passing routes, and he basically just plays to – he plays to the sticks. He doesn't try to play – actual football and so like taking a shot downfield is is like a stab in the chest in Matt Canada's world so I think that was kind of what Denver was also playing on this year Um, they had you know they had a couple times where they would go downfield but I think for the most part they were kind of just like playing to the sticks and if they weren't able to get to the sticks they would just punt or or they would make some kind of mistake in the red zone and throw a pick or something like that I think Russell Wilson had some of the most interceptions in the red zone this this year, so that's unfortunate to see. But again, do I think he's going to repeat that? No, but do I think he's going to be what he wasn't, what he once was in Seattle? I don't think he's going to be that either. It's just, it's, it's kind of an unfortunate situation for the Broncos. But yes, they have a lot of talent, but it's just kind of backfired for them. I, 
I can't imagine that even with that amount of talent, you're this bad. So, like, obviously there's some kind of disconnect other than Nathaniel Hackett that was there. Do I think it's all Russell Wilson, though? I don't think it's all him. I, th- I think it's somewhat on his part, but I think he's going to be better than he was last this past season, next season. Um, but, again, he's got, like, a – what? He's got seven more years, six or seven more years on his contract left. So he's got a lot of time there in Denver to, to figure himself out. I, I disagree with you on the Aaron Rodgers thing. I think he's coming back. And only because we see this happen all the time, especially last year. Like, you lose in the NFC Championship game. It's your one chance to win the Super Bowl or go to the Super Bowl or whatever. Uh, and he misses it. And, they you know, it was a home game, too, and all this stuff. And it's like, he came back. They weren't that good, right? And so that argument that I made last year was that's a 13-3 and team. They went 13-3, and I think, three years in a row and had the number one seed in the playoff or the number one seed in the NFC, I think, two years in a row. Didn't do anything with it. Okay, fine. It's still a really good team. Come back and, you know, and, and, and it'll be fine. And obviously, really the only team – the only player they weren't – they didn't have for this year was Devontae Adams. And it's like if you're, killing, if you're telling me that Devontae Adams is worth, like, five wins, that's pretty crazy. But honestly, like, seeing the results – maybe that was the case but again at the end of the day like he just needs to gel with the receivers more and he did to end the season we saw them win five straight games they were four and eight they were four and eight they won five straight games and or, or four straight games and the loss or i don't know what the record was whatever yeah. the record was um and they lost the last one okay fine so so whatever so at the end of the day though like you have to kind of look at this whole situation as what else is he going to do, right? Some teams are going to call to try to trade for him, but he doesn't have that much longer left. Um, I mean, obviously, he may, he won the NFL MVP twice in a row each of the last two years, so I guess he can still do it. Um, but it's like to, you know, go to a different coach, a different organization, a different scheme, a different team. Like, he runs everything with the Packers, right? And he does it well, and they win games because of it. So I don't see him retiring. I'm also a diehard Packers fan, so maybe I just don't want him to leave. But – there's no point in retiring. It's like he's made all the money he's going to make. I think he just wants to win a ring. And so maybe that the best place to go to is somewhere else. Who knows? You know, the 49ers are obviously gonna, probably going to be calling or whatever. Maybe go to the Broncos. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I think that's really what they wanted to do. I think that's the Broncos' downfall. And I'm, I'm, I'll just kind of transition that rear right now is – they hired Nathaniel, Nathaniel Hackett, who was the offensive coordinator, who won the NFL MVP with uh, with Aaron Rodgers each of those last two years. He goes to Denver. He's an offensive-minded guy, and he was an offensive coordinator for the Packers who had Aaron Rodgers. And I think that was what happened. I think the Broncos hedged their entire future on getting the coach that had Aaron, you know, that spoke or spoke with and coached alongside of and whatever um, Aaron Rodgers most during his tenure there and winning the MVPs and you know number one seeds in the AFC or the NFC all those years. So they hired the coach, and they just hired. A, they hoped to get him. They hoped to get Aaron Rodgers, and that didn't happen. I think ever since that, it was kind of just a scramble. And so you get Russell Wilson, who wasn't as good as Aaron Rodgers, right? And you give him huge money and huge contract, and it just didn't really work out. Now, the positive side here is that Russell Wilson has looked really good, or at least comparative to you know what he was doing before, really good really so much better than he did when Nathaniel Hackett was the host, so was the head coach. So maybe Nathaniel Hackett was kind of the, the, the problem there, and maybe his system was just not what, what Russell Wilson was nor, was used to doing or whatever it may be. But I think that at least these last couple of weeks there can show you some hope that the team is, you know, is is, is going to be okay. I think there's a championship-level defense that the Broncos have. They have weapons on the outside, as Hayden mentioned. And I think, you know, I think the offensive line is probably just the main problem, which obviously Russell Wilson suffered from a bad offensive line in Seattle as well. So, you know, no shock there. But I think 
you know, pick up some offensive linemen in the draft. Well, I guess they traded away all their picks for him too. So <laughs> I don't know if they'll be able to maybe maybe pull up, pull up Bengals and just you know, okay, the only thing we need to fix the offensive line, let's just go after that in free agency. They make it happen and, and, and see what happens next year. As to you know, as for just the general topic of discussion, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is retiring, and I think that Russell Wilson can really get. Back. I refuse to believe that he's just cooked and this is it. You know, I think that he he still has all the talent uh, that he had for all his years in Seattle, and, and if you just get kind of the right coach and the right offensive line there, I think he can kind of get back to uh, where he was at before when he was traded there last year. All right, let's move on to our NFL playoff predictions. So we're going to go through the bracket. We're going to, that means picking a Super Bowl winner and everything. So we're going to go all the way through the bracket, but we're going to do it in turns by AFC and then NFC. So we're going to go through our whole AFC. Again, we've, we've done this in the past because, and we've kind of done trial and error here because it's gotten a little confusing in the past with this. So Another voice crack there for you. But, um, yeah, we're going to go full AFC side of the bracket first until we get an AFC champion, and then the other person will go AFC, and then the the next person will go NFC, and then they'll have their Super Bowl. They'll pick their Super Bowl, and then the next person will go NFC, and they'll pick their Super Bowl. So, yes, it'll be like that. So I'm going to go first with the AFC side of the bracket here. Again, it's not that many teams because it's NFL playoffs, so it's kind of nice. It's not like March Madness where you have to pick 50 million games and – know so many players but yeah so the top here we've got the four and five seed we've got the Jaguars and the Chargers playing each other Jaguars are the four seed so they have the home field advantage here which I think is going to be pretty crucial again anybody that well whenever the Chargers play in SoFi Stadium it's essentially a home game for the other team which is just so funny in my opinion they just have a really bad fan base but yeah it's going to be in Jacksonville this game and I think that Jacksonville is going to take this game do I think it's going to be close? I think it's going to be close, but the Chargers just don't have any kind of clutch gene in any of their bodies on that 52-man roster. Like They just they just kind of suck in every game that matters. So I'm going to go Jacksonville here. I also just really love the idea of Jacksonville making it to the divisional, being a top-four team in the AFC. Like that's, I don't know, that's just really cool to me. So I'm going to go Jacksonville here. I'm going to be happy to see them back in the playoffs um, or deep in the playoffs since – what was it, like 2017 or whatever, where they had that big run um, where they lost against the Patriots. Then we've got the sixth seed, which is the Ravens against the three seed, which is the Bengals. I'm going to go Bengals here. I think this is a pretty easy pick, like Matt was saying with his discussion of the Ravens in his uh, review of his NFL win totals. He was really high on the Ravens. The Ravens haven't really shown us that they can win games even that they're up a lot by in so it it just doesn't really make sense for me to pick them in a playoff game I'm going to go the Bengals here um this it's also going to be in Cincinnati so I think this is a pretty easy pick Cincinnati they've got a lot of playoff experience Lamar Jackson doesn't really have that much playoff experience uh if at all I I think he has very minimal playoff experience so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna side with the Bengals on this one and then Bill's Dolphins, that's a no-brainer. It's going to be Bills. Um, Tua's probably not going to play. I think he's actually definitely definitely not going to play at this point. So you're going to see Skylar Thompson playing in the, in, in the playoffs, rookie quarterback. Um, that's just never really a good recipe. So I'm going to go Bills uh, there. So Bills, Bengals, that's going to be that's going to be a barn burner again. It's going to be well, it's going to be kind of like the rematch that not rematch, but it's going to be a continuation, I guess, of that game, um, if you will. Not really, because you know. Prayers up to Demar Hamlin, but uh, yeah, it's, it's gonna it's gonna be a great game. That game was supposed to be one of the it was one of the most anticipated games of the season, and it got cut short, unfortunately. But 
I'm for this game. I'm gonna go Bills just because I don't think I can't really see the Bengals getting to another AFC Championship. They've got a really good team, but I don't know. I I think that the Bills like they need something to happen for them pretty soon before they start kind of panicking and going into that mode of like, what do I do? My team is so good, but I can't make it far in the playoffs. Um, and so I'm gonna, I'm gonna go Bills for that reason. I think they're they're gonna get another chance against the Chiefs, so that's a kind of a hint of towards my pick for the Chiefs Jaguars game. The Chiefs I think is gonna are gonna win that game pretty handily. Again, the Jaguars are a really young team. That's kind of gonna hurt them in this game. Um, the Chiefs just have so much more experience, more experience than anybody else in the playoffs, even you know NFC or AFC, and the whole league wide playoffs. They got the most experience, so they're gonna go to the AFC Championship there. And then my AFC champion between the Bills and the Chiefs, I think is going to be the Bills this year. I think it's going to be like an absolute shootout between the Chiefs and the Bills. Um, but I, I think that the Chiefs, I don't know. I, I think that they're going to think back on last season and they're going to get caught up a little bit in that. And I think the Bills are going to catch them off guard. Again, I think the Bills, if if there's one season to do it, I think it's this season you're going to have to wait for my Super Bowl pick to, to see if I pick them for the Super Bowl. But I do have the the Bills coming out of the AFC as maybe a bit of, of a surprise for some people. That is a surprise for me, and I will get to that as of right now. Yeah, so Jags-Chargers, I actually agree with Hayden. I think the Jags are going to win that game. Really, all those points that he made are, 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 are pretty sound for me. So definitely agree with the Jags winning that game. It's just – I just – I. I think Brandon Staley just literally ruined it by playing his starters in that week seven or week eighteen game against the Broncos when it really didn't matter at all. Uh, Bengals Ravens. If Lamar was healthy for this, I would love the Ravens in this spot. I would love them to beat the Bengals, but we don't even know if Lamar's going to play. And even if he does, he's probably still going to be hurt. This whole injury too. I was going to do a topic on it, but I'll just I guess mention it right now too. Like I think. <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of conspiracy, whatever. I think Lamar's holding out, dude. I think that he wants a contract similar to Sean Watson's or Russell Wilson's, and he's basically going to be like, look what this team is when I'm not playing, and look how much better you're going to be with me as the quarterback. Pay me my money. And, hey, I can't blame him. Like, they look like a completely different team when he's not playing for them, and so we'll see what happens. Maybe he will play, maybe he won't. Either way, I hope he gets his money. I hope he plays, keeps playing for the Ravens. But I do think the Bibbles are going to come out on top in this game because of that. Uh, Bills, Dolphins, Hayden mentioned it. You, you can't pick the Dolphins when Skylar Thompson, their third string quarterback, is going to be is going to be playing. This is going to be an absolute blowout, uh, in my opinion. So we have the Jaguars and the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are going to win at that point. It's, I mean, realistically, whoever the Chiefs play um, in this matchup, they're I think they're going to kind of beat up on pretty badly. Bengals, Bills, as Hayden mentioned, he has the same matchup here. I have the Bengals moving on though. He had the Bills. Um, I think the Bengals are a more sound team. I think. In what we saw of that Monday night game against, again, we didn't even get, I think, a full quarter way through it. The Bengals went down and scored in three minutes on their first opening drive. The Bills got a, you know, they got a field goal. The Bengals were moving on their second drive, and then obviously DeMar Hamlin got hurt. But, and that was obviously at home for the Bengals, and it was a Monday night game, so fine. It was regular season, whatever. But I think their defense is one of low-key, like, the, the just, well, they're most one of the, the most low-key defense in the entire league, and they're just the most underrated. Nobody really appreciates it. They don't have stars. They don't have guys, but they're just able to put it together. And the Bills, on the other hand, their defense is struggling. They don't have – I mean, Jordan Poyer's out. Tredavious White just got back, but who knows, you know, if he's actually 100%. DeMar Hamlin's obviously out for the rest of the year. So that defensive backfield is, is really kind of struggling right now, and I think their pass rush is not – 
is not what they thought it could be, right? Obviously, you have Von Miller's out for the rest of the season. And Oliver is still in there making plays, but, you know, he, he, he there's not that many guys uh, beside him that are that are going to be able to keep up, I think, and, and really get a pass rush here. So give me the Bengals over the Bills and a bit of an upset there. Chiefs-Bengals for the AFC Championship. I have the Chiefs moving on. This is the rematch of last year's AFC Championship game where the Bengals absolutely surprised everyone and were down like 24-10 to 10 and came back and won the game. I think this is the, ch- the chance for the Chiefs to get revenge uh, in this game in, in the kind of a rematch of last year's AFC Championship, and I think they will do so. And so give me the Chiefs to win the AFC and move on to the Super Bowl. All right, moving on to the NFC side of things. The 4-5 match- matchup here, we've got Tampa Bay... And Dallas playing in Tampa Bay because the Tampa Bay is the four seed. And I think Dallas is going to win this. If you went based off of record, you would think that Dallas is going to crush Tampa Bay. I don't know if it's going to be a manhandling, but one of my one of my maybes in, in this game is that Tom Brady obviously plays for the Bucks, loses this game against the Cowboys, and kind of reevaluates his career. I don't think that Tom Brady's going to retire after this season, even if he loses. I don't think no matter where he loses, even if he wins a Super Bowl, well, if he wins a Super Bowl, he might retire. But I think if he loses in the playoffs here, I don't think he's going to retire at all, no matter where he loses. Um, but I think he might consider it. I mean, he kind of is. He, he kind of has to because he's so old at this point. But he basically has to every season, um, but I, I think that a lot of people are going to speculate that he's. it's going to be kind of an Aaron Rodgers situation, but I think Aaron Rodgers is going to retire, but I don't think Tom Brady will retire after the season. That being said, I hate picking the Cowboys to move on because they were just another one of those teams that's just that feels so fraudulent, just as a lot of these NFC teams do, but I, I had them moving on because they're playing the Bucs um, in this first round, so I've got the five seed moving on to the divisional round, and then the next matchup is the three six. The three seed is the Vikings, and then the six seed is the Giants. This is a great. <laughs> this is like the the battle of the bads, or like the battle the battle of the frauds, as as Madden and I would like to say. Um, I think that if the Vikings were playing basically any other team, so if they were playing any any other wild card team other than the Giants, so the Cowboys or the Seahawks, I would pick against them. But since they're playing the Giants. I think they will be able to pull this game out. So I have them moving on to um, the divisional round as well. And then 49ers Seahawks. Sorry to say Seahawks, but I think your your road's coming to an end here. It just kind of seems like destiny for the 49ers this year. So I have them moving on um, over the Seahawks. So I've got the 2-3 matchup and then the 1-5 matchup here for on the NFC side. 1-5 matchup is the Eagles and the Cowboys. Crazy to say that there's going to be a divisional matchup in the divisional round of the playoffs um, here in the NFC, but it's going to happen in my opinion. And I think that the Eagles are going to move on here. And then between the 49ers and the Vikings, I think the, the 49ers pretty easily move on from this game. Primetime Kirk Cousins uh, is, is not the greatest. We don't know if that game's going to be primetime, I don't think. But we, we, know, we know that Kirk Cousins isn't really the, the, the big-time quarterback, as we like to say. So 49ers are going to move on from there. And then we've got Eagles, 49ers. It's kind of boring. I have the 1-2 matchup in the championship for for both sides. But here, I, I think this is the 49ers' year to go on to the Super Bowl. I don't know if Jalen Hurts is ready to lead a team to the Super Bowl. That's that's may, maybe a hot take for some of you, but I don't know if Jalen Hurts is ready. As you guys know, I'm, I'm like the biggest Jalen Hurts fan there is. And even I'm saying that I don't know if it's I don't know if it's his time. There is definitely going to be a time in the future, but I don't know if it's I don't know if it's this year. 
And with how good the 49ers are on defense and with how good that offensive scheme is, even with Brock Purdy, who's shown that he can play within that offense to a very high level, um, I think the 49ers are going to move on to the to the Super Bowl. And so then I've got the Bills and the 49ers in the Super Bowl. And my Super Bowl champion this year is going to be the Bills. Um, again, it's kind of a hot take. Matt has the Bills getting knocked out in the, in the divisional round. I think this year is, is the is, is the Bills' year. I just think it's kind of destiny at this point. Um, and there's going to be a lot of references. If they do win the Super Bowl, there's going to be like so many – you know, people paying homage to to um, Demar Hamlin and and everything that happened with that. I th- I think at this point it's just like they have to win it. I'm not picking them as a Super Bowl champion just because of the whole Demar Hamlin thing. I'm not blowing it out of proportion like that. But again, happy that he's healthy. Happy that everything is is going well with that and that he was able to return to Buffalo. Um, but I, I at this point I do think that the Bills it is their time to win a Super Bowl and I think Josh Allen's going to get his first ring. All right. So for me, um, Bucks Cowboys. Hayden picked the Cowboys. I'm gonna pick the Bucks. Um, it's it's he's exactly right. Record wise, these teams are very far apart. You watch just eye test. These these teams are very different. But the Cowboys, man, they've been so bad the last few weeks of the regular season. Like I mean, they beat Gardner Minshew by six points, forty to thirty four. On uh, on Christmas Eve, they 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 lost to the Commanders last week. They played all their starters. They tried to win that game. And they lost by twenty points um, to the Commanders. So I think the Cowboys are just broken and something's wrong. And at this point, it's one of those things where you're telling me a broken Cowboys team is going up against Tom Brady in the playoffs. Give me Tom Brady at home every single day of the week. So I think the Bucks are going to get the upset there uh, over the Cowboys. The Giants and Vikings. Hayden nailed it. These are the two most fraudulent teams in the playoffs and they're playing each other in the first game. And because of that, what would be greater than the most fraudulent team or the, I guess, the fraudulent team that has the worst record in the Giants beating the Vikings, giving the Giants to beat the Vikings, I think it's going to happen. I th- they played like three weeks ago, also on Christmas Eve, I think, and the Giants won, or the Vikings won on the sixty-one yard field goal. Like, okay, any anybody can win that game. Similar to this this uh, this game right here, and I think it would just be hilarious if the Vikings are you know twelve and four, whatever, twelve and five, they win, you know, they're eleven and zero in one score games, and then they lose to the Giants in the first round of the playoffs. So give me the upset Giants there, um, and actually both those games, the the Cowboys, Bucks, and the Giants, Vikings. They're both three-point spreads. Okay, so it's not – I mean, whatever the record says, whatever you're thinking right now in your head, it really – the betting odds are very close for, for each of these games, so it can really go either way. Unfortunately, uh, the opposite is uh, can be said for the 49ers and the Seahawks. It's a divisional game. The 49ers ripped the Seahawks apart in both their games so far this season, and I think they're going to do the exact same uh, here against the Seahawks this weekend. So that leaves me with the Eagles playing the Giants, a game that just happened this past weekend, and obviously you know the, the Eagles needed to win, and the Giants rested all their starters, so the Eagles pretty you know won that game pretty handily, and I think they're going to do the same this uh, this time as well. I think the Giants can't. Can't compete. They can compete against the Vikings, but I don't think they can can compete against the the Eagles here uh, in that game. So I think the Eagles will win against the Giants and move on to the uh, NFC Championship game. And likewise, the 49ers are going to play the Bucks. And at this point, the the 49ers are, are a more talented team than the Bucks and, and more sound overall defense. And they're going to be able to beat Tom Brady and the Bucks and move on to the AFC champion or NFC Championship. And so therefore, me and Hayden have the same NFC Championship game, and we also have the same NFC champion. Uh, 49ers are going to do. It. I think that as crazy it is thinking about Brock Party moving on and, and just winning all these games, he's not the person who's winning these games. All right. So I think that's kind of the 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 thing here is that defense is unstoppable and the running game is unstoppable. And 
the Eagles, like Hayden said that it's not Jalen Hurts' time to, to, to lead the team to the championship. I think Jalen Hurts is just not healthy enough to lead the team to the championship. I know they limited him in that game against the Giants, but like he, I think he even said afterwards in, a, in, in an interview or something that he thinks – or he was like he, he he was throwing the ball and like his hurt his shoulder. I mean he throwed his he hurt his throwing his throwing shoulder. Okay, so he was hurting when throwing the ball. That's not good for the his, for the uh, for the future of your team here. So I think the Niners, the scheme they have, um, the offense that Kyle Kyle Shanahan runs as well as the defense that um, oh boy, what the heck is the defensive coordinator? Tamiko Ryan's. He actually played in the NFL. I remember when he played and he was amazing when he was a player. And now he's even better uh, as a coach. So. Give me the uh, give me the 49ers to move on, and that means that I have a rematch of uh, the Super Bowl that was three years ago, the Chiefs and the 49ers. If we all recall, the 49ers were winning that game the entire time, and then the Chiefs came back in the fourth quarter. Jerry Mc- Jarek McKinnon actually had one of the most clutch touchdowns in the history of the Super Bowl, um, and he will get a chance to do that again in this game. But uh, I don't know. This is the toughest one for me. Obviously, it should be. It's the Super Bowl. Um, I, you just... It's just, a, it's just like the exact contrasting styles where the Chiefs have the flashy offense and the 49ers have the best defense. Offense wins games, defense wins championships. Give me the 49ers to win the Super Bowl over the, uh, over the, over the Chiefs, and we have a crazy story of Brock Purdy winning a championship as uh, in his first year. He only started halfway through the season, and then at that point, the conversation starts swirling. The 49ers gave up their entire future for a guy named Trey Lance who has barely played any football for them, and they may have found their quarterback of the future as Mr. Irrelevant in this year's draft. Um, I think the 49ers are going to do it, man. Give me the Chiefs and the 49ers. Uh, well, give me the Chiefs and the 49ers in the Super Bowl, and then give me the 49ers to win the Super Bowl over the Chiefs to get revenge on that game from three years ago. Yes, there you go. Well, that would, that would be quite the storyline, of course. Like Matt said, 49ers kind of getting revenge on that Super Bowl from three years ago and beating the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. I think, well, if there's any other team that I would pick from the AFC, it would definitely be the Chiefs. But, again, I, I really want to see the Bills succeed here. I'm not basing my whole Super Bowl champion off of just, like, emotional likeness of the bill. Like I'm not basing it off of that, off of bias. I really do think that they have the team to do it. Um, like Matt said, Tredavious White just came back. And while Jordan Poyer is still hurt, they've got Micah Hyde out there, I'm pretty sure. So um, it it sucks. To, honestly, if Jordan Poyer was playing, which I don't know if he's going to be back at all, which kind of sucks, but I have to look more into that. But if he was playing, like if this defense was at full strength, I would be so confident in the bills. But I'm not as confident, but I'm still... I, I'm still confident that, the, that they'll be able to get it done, even under the circumstances. So, with that being said, that ends off our episode today. We're not going to get into an ESPN notification nonsense. We're just going to let the we're going to let the bank get bigger. We're going to let the little um, what do we call it? The, the archive. We're going to let the archive just grow until we have forty different ESPN notification nonsense um, topics to go over. So that's that's going to be fun there. But yeah, we are at about an hour here, a little over an hour. Or so going to end off this episode with a bang with that um, with that little Super Bowl prediction by both Matt and I. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, hopefully our playoff brackets will play out well. Usually when we do this type of thing, we get like we're, we're kind of we get like two thirds of it right. And then the other third, we kind of just totally miss on. And then sometimes it's well, most of the time it's like teams that we have going far lose pretty early. So I don't think that will happen with the with the NFL, with the NBA. It happened with me um, last year in the playoff bracket. So hopefully I won't do that again this year with the NBA playoff bracket, but that's a long way away. So uh, with that being said, yes, we're going to sign off for right now. Expect another episode from us. Probably not some, probably not this weekend because I'm moving back to college this weekend. 
I don't even know which day I'm going back, so it's it's that's still up in the air. And when you don't even know which day you're going to go back, how am I supposed to get a podcast episode out? Um, it's going to be probably either Friday or Saturday that I move back, but unless we do it on Thursday, which we probably won't because today's Tuesday, we probably won't get one out this weekend. But there's not much going on this weekend except for playoff football, and then we can hopefully do one early next week where we have playoff football to talk about and to review, um, and so we can do that. Uh, early next week so you'll probably hear from us then so expect an episode early next week hope you guys enjoyed this one uh super excited to get into the next one and we'll catch you then